Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast here at the Raiders Training Facility. Got another great podcast coming at you today. We're going to be breaking some information. We got a lot of good news. Let's welcome in this guy, one of my best friends in the whole world, the great Johnny Shop. Johnny, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I love going around the NFL. The leaves are changing. They're falling in different parts of the country that have leaves. And there's always more to come. And I think we're going to start to get more trickles of news as we're starting to see different things come out of different teams, different organizations. As we get into the month that's really going to separate those that have a playoff shot and those that are ready to pack it in. I have some breaking news a little bit later in the podcast just about the Raiders. I think it may frustrate some Raider fans, but I think it'll give some good insight um, that you'll find very fascinating. But first, John, we see the Raiders. They move on from Josh McDaniels. You know this because you and I have talked a lot. We were very clear that people were frustrated, but that there had been assurances given that no one was going to lose their jobs. In the end, it was just too much. The rigidity of Josh McDaniels just was too much. Mark Davis had to make a move, and now you got an owner who's paying over $110 million to former coaches and, and, and executives and everyone else. The narrative of him being broke and not caring should be dead. This was a big move by the owner. There are a lot of owners that would not have made it. I mean, dear God, you look at the Chargers and wonder why is that guy still employed? But I thought it was a big move, but I think it's one he should have made. Your thoughts on the Raiders move? Yeah, I think as we kind of talked about that, the timing was pretty much right. And reason being, once there's a critical mass of players that are either not bought in or not fully bought in, something has to change. You know, when I heard the story about the airing of the grievances in the locker room, I thought, hey, that, that's fine with the team. But the second I heard that then McDaniels got to air any grievances, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, and let me just say, there have been some things that were reported about that meeting that were not accurate. But yeah, yeah the I, meeting, I thought I thought the meeting was great. Yeah. Um, everybody, it, I was told, and I shared this with you right after it happened, off the record, because you and I talk all the time, it wasn't a all about Josh. It wasn't a we hate Josh. Everyone got to share what they felt. No, was there stuff directed at Josh? Absolutely. But everyone got to share what bothered them. I thought that was a big deal, and I credit him for doing it. A lot of coaches wouldn't have. Bill wouldn't have never done it. In fact, there's players on this team right now who played in New England that told me he wouldn't have done it. But the rigidity of the Los Angeles Chargers game when he wouldn't change his offense for the rookie, the rigidity of not trying anything new in Chicago, and the rigidity of Detroit, and then seeing – his players, no joy, no fun. It was just done. Just done. Yeah. It, it was a good, it was a good move. So drop here. This is square. This is round. This is maybe my favorite football idea of all time. This is probably not going to fit into this. And at mm-hmm. the NFL level, how many times are you going to get a shot to do that? Probably not many. So I think the time was right. Owners got to own. Coaches got to coach, players got to play. I understand a lot of Raiders issues probably with other guys on their team, but the greatest mm-hmm. way to really turn the page over, they found a way. And look, we're not going to put Antonio Pierce on a 
giant stone and put it on Las Vegas Boulevard yet, but there mm -hmm. is a credibility factor when you have a guy who had a good pro career, who was a player in pretty much the modern era and who was on Super Bowl winning teams. So I we expect an instant boost when you've got a new coach. We actually talked about it and kind of got predictions right. We'll talk, I'm sure, about the schedule because this is the last week before a real massive chunk of that Raider schedule mm -hmm. happens. We're talking about a build up to Christmas. And the first thing they got to do is just hammer the Jets, who obviously cannot move the ball and will not score a number of touchdowns. So this is a really good launching point. I think the timing of the move was actually probably smarter than it real than it maybe seemed at first. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, so let's dig in. I thought everything I, I'm rooting for Antonio Pierce. I'm rooting for Champ Kelly. Um, I wanted Champ Kelly to get the GM job um, before. Um, in fact, I wrote an article back when they made the move, three potential GM candidates and Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly were two of the three, and they got them both. I want Champ to get it. I like him a lot. I think, and then I like Antonio. And if he gets it, it's because he's earned it. And I want to see him earn it. I, I like good people. He's a good guy. You know my connection to him. And and um, I really like Antonio a lot too. I'm rooting for both of them. John, the, the Raiders have a very difficult decision. I don't think it's difficult. Let me rephrase that. But I think it will be difficult for the owner. Who's he going to listen to? He is not done things on his own so with a track record of not doing things on his own where his dad did who is he listening to does he have a close set of advisors is he listening to former players is he listening to tom brady who we broke the story the other day just because the nfl rejected the ownership he's not out of the picture um i do believe that it will end up with him at some point being an owner um a part owner um who's he going to listen to because his last two coaches they basically were the boss and the GM worked for them. I don't think that works. Coaches are too tunnel visioned. I think they need somebody that they trust. There's got to be a harmony, but they've got to have that guy to say, listen, coach, you're not scouting. You're not doing everything that we're doing. You're thinking about a guy you saw in sports center. You just got to trust me here. The answer is no, I'm not going for him in a minute. We're going to see an example of where that really hurt the Raiders in the last draft big time. But your thoughts on, I mean, I think that I don't, I think it's an easy decision. I think you hire champ Kelly right now, because there's not a lot he can do during the season to change this team. I think you go out and say, listen, this is my guy. I'm hiring champ right now. And champ's going to pick a coach. Okay. He's going to run it by me. Sure. But he's going to pick the coach. I think that's the way to go. What are your thoughts? If you think that Champ Kelly's got his finger on the things that need to to be covered to be a GM, I think there's probably more of an advantage in making that higher sooner than later. You can look at the calendar, folks, and say, oh, the draft's a million years off and free agency is. In one way, it is. But the NFL is a 365-day-a-year business, and I don't think the Raiders are – I don't see any possible advantage for them delaying that if they think this is a guy that's got his fingers on it. Now, mm -hmm. we look across the world. This is around the NFL. We're going all the way around. We can start the whole around the country. Does it work when a coach is basically a coach and GM? 
Typically not. You know, we saw Bill O'Brien in Houston. We've seen Pete Carroll in Seattle, which is which is interesting to watch, but that's ebbed and flowed a bit. It typically doesn't. So you know you're going to have two. And then what do we have? Do we have a GM in title? Um, that seems to be dangerous. There haven't been a lot of coaches that have called the shots that have gotten a whole lot of them right. That's the thing that concerns me is, and when you talk about influences in Mark Davis's ear, what if those influences don't often know what they're talking about? There's a lot of well-meaning ex-players for sure in the Raider organization, the Giants, et cetera, that have great ideas for input. Uh, you know, just look back at Washington. That owner was listening to guys, holy cow, they had trouble on the field, off the field, and they got legal troubles. And this is these are the guys you're listening to to make picks. So you got to be real cautious on who you're listening to. But I actually think that the Raiders, if they believe this is a guy that's got his finger on the pulse of the sport. He knows what's going on, what a general manager needs to do with evaluation, scouting, all that stuff that they do that they probably should go ahead when they're ready and say, that's our guy. I Call me crazy. I don't know of any top end, like big name. The days of the big, massive general manager kind of seem maybe past. You know, there were some great ones in the 80s and 90s, San Francisco, Washington, Bobby Beathard, guys that went, Bill Polian, of course. Guys Ron that, Wolf. Yeah, oh my gosh, Ron Wolf. Are those guys really out there right now? I don't think so. And um, I'm not sure what the process of hiring a GM, I don't think it's quite the same as, as a coach for many reasons. Yeah. I, there I think you a, go hire Champ Kelly right now and move here's on. The thing. They got to get it right. If there's, if they get it right, as soon as the Raiders get it right, it can take off pretty quickly. And that might be the thing is, all right, let's reset the deck, pick a general manager to have him generally manage and then pick a coach and have those things line up, be aligned. Misalignment of coach and GM, how often does it work? Like one out of 10 times, maybe? And that's because of overwhelming talent? Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on now. Uh, Will Levis is a guy are you buying or selling now i'm going to go back and and say this there was great concern about him not necessarily from arm strength questions okay we're just going to leave it right there there's a reason that he dropped so i know that people are seeing what he's doing in tennessee and i think he's done well i i'm there's no i don't wish him any ill will are you a buyer? I know of multiple teams that were not interested in him in the first round. So he pans out. Well, that's not true. It's only been a couple of games. If he pans out, they get a deal. There were people that didn't want, there were many teams that were not picking Jalen Carter. In fact, if you go back and read his agent, Drew Rosenhaus was really working the Eagles because he knew if the Eagles didn't pick him, he was going to free fall. Not because he was talented. I know the Raiders thought he was the most talented player in the last draft. I know several other organizations, not just that one, that felt the same way. But because of the character issues, they weren't going to invest that money and put it, that that pick. Your first pick is so valuable that they weren't going to they weren't going to do it. So Jalen pays off, and people are like, "Oh, you should have picked Jalen." Okay, until it didn't work out, like most people in his situation, and it's not even been a year. Then you're like, oh, these guys got to get fired. Look at who they pick. I understand people being cautious 
Will Levis, I wish him well. I think he's very talented. The issues with him weren't talented. But are you buying Will Levis? I'm holding. You can call me conservative. I want to see defenses adjust to him. One of the reasons we see sometimes a, a late scratch or a, a quarterback come in and have real quick success right away is because the defense doesn't have a chance to, they didn't game plan for him and they haven't been able to adjust. I want to see what happens with, with the adjustment to Will Levis. What I see in Will Levis, I thought I saw an underdeveloped quarterback. There's too many guys to me that go early to the NFL like Zach Wilson that aren't developed. They can't, they're not developed yet. How much development do they do at the NFL level? That's the thing that interests me in Will Levis. I'm like, wait a second. What has this guy done to actually develop in his time as a professional? Over time, we'll find out if he is indeed a starting quarterback. If he is, you give him a massive pat on the back and say, hey, congratulations. You took yourself up and you actually developed into a starting NFL quarterback. I like the size. And size is a big deal to me. The arm strength is fine, but I'm not buying yet. I'm glad that he's going to get a run of games because we're going to see tape and see adjustments by the defense at the Titans face in the coming weeks. So it is something to watch though, because you're like, wait a second. Huh? And obviously, you know, with what happened last weekend, all eyes are, are, are down on, on CJ Stroud in Houston, but it's like, wait a minute, Will Levis. Yeah. I mean, I, where did this come from? So it's something to watch, but it's too soon to buy too soon. Well, I, I know the Raiders and others had him really low valued because of non-football things. Well, some football, but non okay. So let's go to the next guy. Now you know this, John, and so does well, you know the inside, but a lot of people know I reported all last year there was one quarterback that the Raiders were willing to go after. And I've had several people say, Can you say who it was? Can you say who it was? I can now. Um Josh McDaniels was the decision maker and he was what it was willing to go for Bryce Young. The interesting part was Dave Ziegler, the general manager did not, he thought height, um, durability were all issues with Bryce. Liked him as a player, liked him as a guy, but didn't think he was worthy there. He wanted to go up and get CJ Stroud. That was a big deal, and and McDaniel's was was not. Um, he was a Bryce Young guy, and Dave Ziegler was a. Let's go up and get C.J. Stroud. This guy's got a chance to be super good, and um, but again, Dave had a boss like we all do. And again, um, for people that think I'm just carrying the water for Dave Ziegler, I'm going to be getting into the fact of why he failed, and he did, and. I'm not. I'm just telling the facts now that people aren't there. I can say it. It's it just fascinating to me because uh, I'm a big believer in C.J. Stroud. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, I, I, listen, if it sounds like I'm uh, Bill Parcells' disciple, y yes and no. I mean, I, I'm from NFC East country, but it's not like I'm Parcells all day. But I do think there's some value in the size issue. And Young is 5'10". That's not going to change. He's 204. That's not going to change either uh, to a significant extent. What I mean by that is he's not going to turn into 220. Okay? It's not going to happen. So out of the gate, I thought that Stroud had more of a um, durability factor. And I think that um, – I, I actually think that, you know, maybe Ryan Day is a better quarterback preparer 
than the past folks at Ohio State. Um, mm-hmm. Well, at least in the Meyer era. You can go back to the Trestle era. Maybe the players were different. Um, but it's not like there's been a long line of just here come the Buckeye quarterback. So I understand that. Um, the Alabama quarterback, you you know, is going to be a smart football player. And there's no question that Young is. But I, I thought and, that and let's say no character issues, not, none of that. But it no. was all size and durability. Yeah, so size, durability, and upside. And when I look at the upside, I don't see a huge upside for Bryce Young. I didn't see a huge upside for Bryce Young before. I don't know, you know, if Bryce Young were coming in this in the coming draft, where would he rank in the quarterbacks? Would he be even in the top three or four? I don't know. So to me, it seemed like a stretch. And um, at number at, at, at number one, and I. I have concerns about the owner in Carolina that have yet to be refuted. I don't know what's going on there. And I don't know how much of that decision was made for the football team by, by the guy that owns the team. What I do see is the same thing that everybody saw. We talked about possibly the Texans could be like a surprise if everything kind of went their way. As of today, they are a surprise. They are currently apparently overachieving based on their roster, based on their record in previous years, and based on reasonable expectations. I'm not talking about Texans fans or somebody that's like, oh, they're going to be horrible. They were so bad last year. I don't know that anybody thought that they would kind of be where they are, but it does look like they have a quarterback from the beginning that seems to be in sync with his team. I can't remember if we talked about like the 35 different handshakes he has with the different guys on the team. This is not a knock on any other quarterback in the NFL, but when you see a sign of a guy really making an emphasis and intentionally trying to create chemistry with his team, you think to yourself, that's a pretty smart guy and he's a rookie. So that's maybe an intangible that takes him up a notch. I don't know if that stuff was known about CJ Stroud before. I do think he's got more of a durability and more of an upside than young. And right now, He's got a lot of eyeballs. People are actually want to see like what are the Texans doing, and you know it's, it's been a while since that was the case. You know that's got to just run Raiders furious that Ziegler wanted to go up and get Stroud, and yeah, right, I mean, let's, let's, yeah, let's just let's just move on. It should. I, I don't want to pour salt in their wounds. No, it should though. Right. But yeah, it's, it's 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 a little too soon to, to 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 pour the salt. If we're talking about this a year from now. Uh, maybe the salt, but nah, I'm with you. <laughs> Lastly, uh, I reported months ago before anyone else on this podcast with you that I was hearing if Bill Belichick didn't get to the playoffs that he would be fired. Um, several of my critics, then a story comes out, he signed a new agreement. I just laughed. I don't defend myself. Just keep my mouth shut. Now everybody's reporting it. May not even make it out of this weekend over in Frankfurt, Germany. And now we're seeing an angle that we're hearing rumors that maybe he gets traded to Washington. If I'm Washington, I'm not trading. I'm not giving up draft capital. My team sucks. I'm going to wait and let you fire him. But I think it's just an angle how the the Patriots are constantly working. I love it. That's what it looks like to me. If I'm seeing a story of of why why is there so much chatter about um, the Washington soon to be named again franchise trading for Belichick. Well, the first thing I'm thinking is, 
Uh, I assume it's a, a coach and then he's a transition to a general manager at some point. And second thing I'm thinking is, why is that coming out? And then I'm I'm seeing, uh, it looks like the, I don't know if the Patriots are feeding media or giving media ideas, but they're like, hey, you know, Mike Vrabel would be like the perfect replacement for Bill Belichick. Well, number one, yeah, that makes logical sense that anyone can see. Number two, why is this coming out now? I am going to start wondering where these stories are coming from. Are they coming from Bill Belichick, who's ready to leave New England? Are they coming from people that own and operate the Patriots who have maybe, I mean, it's been like an incredibly successful, but many, many decades, and the success train appears to have stopped. And in the NFL... Hey, John. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, in the NFL, when that train stops, if you can change tracks pretty quickly, unless you're named the Pittsburgh Steelers, most of the time you want to do it sooner than later. We got to hurry a little bit because I got a press conference here out yep. just outside my door in a minute. I mean, literally right here in this room. But um, I want to get to the thing is it's going to probably be Gerard Mayo is going to be the next coach. And if that for some reason doesn't work out, then they would go for Vrabel. All right, let's do our quick four game picks. Quick four. These ones matter. Washington at Seattle. We're getting to the point where somebody's going to be not good and somebody's still going to stay in the playoff hunt. Houston to Cincinnati. Everyone wants to see. Hot. Who's hotter? Cincinnati. They are hotter than anybody right now. San Francisco, after the bye, after the trade, after the losses, coming into the low country to take on the guy with the big head and the big hair. 49ers at Jags. Jags. How in the world could San Francisco lose another one? I think they, they can't. I'm going to take San Francisco for no good reason. Lastly, Cleveland at Baltimore. Again, if Cleveland's going to stay in the playoff hunt, they got to find a way to win this, but they can't win at Baltimore, can they? That thing is starting to nope. take off. It's taking off. Baltimore wins it. I'm with you. Ravens. So All right. Thank Cleveland. you, John. What is your Raiders Jets pick? 28 Raiders, 13 Jets. The Jets can't score. No way. Wait, wait. 28 13 Raiders 28, win. 13 Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are going to pretty much kill them. The Jets can't score. We saw Monday night. Nothing's going to change. They, they can't move the ball. They can't score. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. From all of us here at Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Network. I mean, Pod Network podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you later. Have a good one. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network.